Morning, everyone. I, uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to uh, two places. Matthew chapter uh, 26 is the first one. Uh, put your finger in that, and then um, we're also going to be looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 for, uh, for our time in the Word together. So let's read together. Uh, we'll start in the passage in Matthew. Hear now the word of the Lord. This is Matthew chapter 26. We're going to start in verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not eat again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives." And then over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this is uh, going to sound very familiar, <laughs> starting in verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Let's pray together. Lord, we praise you and thank you for this time together that we can come together as a church and dig into your word. Lord, I, I pray in these moments that you would speak, Father. We ask that you would hide uh, the teacher behind yourself and speak to us. May we learn from you, from your word today, and may we hear from you, Lord. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Uh, so I'd like to keep uh, my remarks this morning brief. We'll see how it goes. Um, just so that we have plenty of time um, to do what I think is, is what David and I are setting out to be the main purpose of coming here today. My goal here this morning uh, is certainly not to scare anyone away from this beautiful time and sacrament of our faith, but I do wish to communicate to you the gravity of what we do here when we partake uh, of the Lord's table, when we partake of communion. I had a professor in college once, we 
spent an entire class talking about uh, what, what we do here. And I remember very distinctly him saying something along the lines of, you know, there's nothing mystical or magical about what we do here by any means, but we should certainly approach it. We should approach the Lord's table with a sense of, if I could use the word mysticism, a sense of um, just awe and heavy, heavy reverence because of what the bread and the wine or the cup or the juice, whatever, what it symbolizes. Uh, you know, this sacrament of communion comes from the Passover meal, as we just read in, in Matthew. Jesus was with his disciples. They were celebrating the Passover meal, and, uh, and he took elements of that, which we will talk about here in a second, and he used them, transferred them from the old covenant, because everything that he used, everything that is on the table at a Passover Seder uh, or a Passover meal, Everything that's on the table has some kind of meaning or symbolism. And so the very elements that Jesus would have used to institute what we now know as communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, again, there's lots of words that we could use here. Uh, the very elements that he would have used had already had meaning and had purpose within uh, the meal that they were partaking of. And so he, he took those and transferred them from the old covenant uh, and made them symbols of the new covenant. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, um, so I'll just leave that there and we'll come back to it in a minute. Uh, so because our sacrament of communion comes from the Passover meal, uh, it means that what we do here today is saturated in tradition and saturated in meaning. And I think that's one of the reasons that we must approach this with a, a real sense of awe. Uh, a real sense of wonder. Um, so the, the term Passover Seder just simply means, you know, Passover is, is obviously the, the festival, the celebration of the angel of death passing over the Israelites in Egypt. And um, the word Seder here just means order. So it's just the order in which they do it. Uh, and the neat thing about this is, is that I don't remember what all I put on this slide, so let me just go to the end. Okay, cool. Uh, the neat thing about the, a Passover Seder is there, there's not only an order in which they do things, and not only does everything on the table have a meaning, and I think there's a picture right after this uh, slide that we'll get to in a second, um, but it, it's really an interactive time. Uh, the host and the hostess have specific things that they have to say. And then the guests who are there have specific things that they have to uh, respond with. Uh, when you pray over certain parts of the meal, there are specific words that you have to say, specific prayers. I love, this is one of my most favorite things, uh, the prayer that they use starts out, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. For you have, and then they go on saying what God has done in whatever particular part of the meal they happen to be. Uh, it's, it's, uh, if you ever have the opportunity to participate in a Passover Seder, I know we, the youth group has done it once or twice, it is such a beautiful thing uh, to look at the story of Exodus and see how not only God uh, brought his people out of Egypt, but how all of that was pointing towards Jesus. 
as it says here on the screen, uh, there's a, a, a full meal that goes along with this retelling of the story. Again, there's kind of back and forth dialogue that needs to happen between the host and the guests. Uh, there's a game that they play in which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, there are specific times you have to wash your hands. There's ceremonial elements on the table. I don't know how well you can see this picture. Okay, fairly well. Uh, but the, the candles on the table have meaning. There is a plate specifically for that just sits in the middle of the table and it has uh, like a, a lamb bone and an egg and there are bitter herbs and there's this delicious thing called heriset and it's this apple and cinnamon and walnut mixture and at one point in the meal uh, everyone who's there has to take two pieces of matzah bread or un unleavened bread and they make like a little sandwich and that represents the bricks and the mortar that the Israelites used to build when they were in slavery to build whatever they were, were building. Uh, everything on the table has a meaning. And there are two specific elements that I want to talk about. In, in the game that I mentioned, at one point in the meal, what they do is they take three pieces of bread, and again, this is unleavened, uh, flat bread. They take three pieces of bread and they put them in this kind of napkin bag looking thing. They put in one piece in one section, they put a piece in the third section, and then the piece that goes in the middle, they tear it in half. They break it. And some, I, I was, as I was reading, doing some reading on this specific uh, thing here, uh, some sources that I looked up say that they take uh, one half of the, of the, the bread and put it in, and they kind of hide the other half. Uh, other sources say that they just hide the whole thing. But anyway, for our purposes today, we'll just say the bread in the middle is broken, and they put it in this bag. So it's one piece of whole bread, one piece of broken bread, and then another piece of whole bread, and they hide it in this napkin bag sort of thing. And they take it somewhere in the house, and they hide it. And then right after the meal... If there are children present, the children go and try and find uh, the afikamin. That's this word here on the screen. They find, they, they search for the afikamin. And when whoever finds it, they bring it back and there's a prize and it's a, a whole thing. I'm not sure if there are no children present as it would have been the night that uh, we're talking about here with Jesus and his disciples. I'm not sure if there's no children if they bother to hide it, because that's a game in the Passover uh, Seder specifically for the children. Regardless, it is highly probable that the afikamin is the bread that Jesus would have used to institute communion. Now, what would be the significance of this bread in between two pieces of whole bread that is torn apart. Now, obviously, I don't think that the, those who are, practice Judaism and do this specific thing have this in mind. But is it possible that many, that, that forward thinking, the Lord had it in, in, in his sovereignty, had it in his plans that this thing would have represented Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I think that's quite possible. 
Now, remember, everything on this table is, is, is drenched in symbolism, drenched in, in meaning. And so, as we look at uh, Matthew chapter 26, the ephikamen does not come out until after the meal. They actually use uh, half of it as sort of a, kind of like a dessert after the meal. But Matthew writes here, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. I think, and, and there are scholars who, well, I'll say I agree with scholars. They don't agree with me. <laughs> I agree with scholars on this that it is very possible, it is very, very probable that Jesus took this bread that was broken in half and began pulling it apart, which was totally normal in a Passover Seder, began pulling it apart, giving it to his disciples and saying, take and eat, this is my body. Now I can see, and this is just Josh talking and thinking, which is always a scary thing. I can totally see the disciples, now apostles, many years later, doing this, uh, doing this uh, communion uh, thing again, and saying, do you guys realize that the bread that Jesus used was the ephikamen, this bread that it was already broken and he gave it? I, I, just, I think they would have looked back and said, wow, that's what he meant by this. I think it's very, very possible, very probable. It was already broken, so he pulls it apart and distributes it, says, take and eat. This is my body. This broken piece of bread that is then torn apart is my body. Then the cup that he uses, again, Matthew chapter 26, this is after Supper, and I believe in 1 Corinthians he even says, in, in 1 Corinthians, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 11, 25, in the same way, also he took the cup after supper. So, in the order of a Passover Seder, the cup that they would have used after the meal was known as the cup of redemption. It was the third cup that they used to celebrate within the Passover Seder. Jumping back to Matthew here, verse 27, he says, He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant. Which, by the way, is an echo of the words that Moses spoke in Exodus 24 when he's sprinkling the blood on the people and saying, This is the blood of the covenant. The same phrase used that Jesus uses here. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I think that, again, it's highly, these, these elements that were already there, I think it's highly probable, given the timing of the meal and how uh, Matthew and Paul both describe it, I think that it's very, very possible that these were the elements of the Passover Seder that Jesus used to institute what we now call the Lord's Supper or communion. Jesus goes on to say, do this in remembrance of me. In uh, 1 Corinthians 11.25, in the same way he also took the cup after supper, 
saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And this is a very, very important statement here. For him to say, do this in remembrance of me, it was an echo of what the Passover meal is all about. A remembering of how God delivered his people out of Egypt uh, and delivered them out of slavery. Now, what does it mean to remember? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting lost here. There we go. Uh, if Passover is to remember the Old Covenant, how God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. I'll, I'll jump back here. What does it mean to remember? To remember is to recall the last time that you did something. Think, about, think back, uh, remember uh, the last time you had a cup of coffee. Maybe it, well, for some of us it might be never. So let me, let me put it this way. Remember the last time you had your favorite beverage. It might be this morning. It might be yesterday. It might be a long time ago. But you are recalling, you're taking your mind back to that point in which it happened. So here's my question. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. How can we remember something that we were not present to witness? If Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, but we weren't there, how do we remember? I think this is one of the reasons why Jesus used and instituted these symbols of the bread and the wine. You see, our remembrance, Jesus transfer, transfers that uh, from the old covenant to the new, that we are to remember his sacrifice. When he says, do this in remembrance of me, we are to take ourselves back in our minds to the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. These elements the bread represents Jesus' body broken and torn apart for your sin. And the cup represents Jesus' blood shed for your justification. Jesus died so that you and I might live to eternal life. Verse 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death, until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Our remembrance means that we are to examine, to, to remember what Jesus did for us and then use that as a way to examine ourselves so that we will not, as Paul says, eat of this in an unworthy manner. This is a time where we must look, take a serious look at ourselves ourselves. 
And I humbly, humbly encourage you to seriously ask yourself the question, in this time, before we partake of the Lord's table, is there anything in my life that I need to repent of? Anything that I need to ask forgiveness for before I partake of the Lord's table? Are you holding on to pride or anger? Or perhaps you've been giving in to sexual immorality or impurity, or maybe you've been judgmental or speaking harshly to others. Whatever it is, this is the time where we examine ourselves. We take a serious look inward and see if there's anything that I need to bring before the Lord to repent and seek his forgiveness. His body was broken and his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Now, I'm sure we will say this again later, but I'm just going to say it now. You know, we practice what is called open communion here at Otterbein, meaning that if you're a follower of Jesus, you have surrendered yourself to him, you've repented of your sins and put your faith in the Lord Jesus, we invite you to partake with us. However, I think in the light of Paul's words here, there is one thing that, again, I just want to encourage us. I cannot make anyone do this. So the only thing I can do here is encourage you. If in your remembering, you are not willing to take an honest look inside yourself and see if there's any sin that you need to repent of or an offense that you need to ask forgiveness for, or maybe there's a brother or sister that you have wronged, if you are not willing to examine yourself and, and humbly come before the Lord, please hear the words of Paul here again. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread, and drink of the cup. I encourage all of us in these moments before we come before the Lord's table to realize the, the gravity of what we're doing here, to realize that, and to approach this with a sense of awe, that these symbols of Jesus' body broken and torn apart for us and his blood shed on our behalf so that I might have the opportunity, so that you might have the opportunity to come before the Father forgiven and cleansed. Let us truly look inward and examine ourselves before we come before this table. Let's pray together. Lord, we are in awe of what you do for us, who you are. I pray, Lord, that each one of us would examine ourselves, as Paul says here, truly look inward and realize not only what these symbols mean, but what we should do in light of what they mean that we should examine ourselves and make sure that we are in, in a right stance with you.
Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made on our behalf. You are our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.